What's up, Bavusters? It's your man, Will, and we're off to another exciting podcast. If you're not familiar with the Bavuster podcast, well, hey, it's my podcast. This is where I catch up with all the cool entrepreneurs, food entrepreneurs in our area. And today is no exception. I get to speak with Dave Trotta of Wealth & Co. He's very charismatic. He's very fired up. Um, just a bit of a warning. He likes to use four-letter words like they're going out of style. So this is really an adult conversation. So if there's small children around, maybe this is a podcast for later or put your earbuds in. And also, Dave's opinions are not the opinions of Bavuster or me, William Spencer. But he has an amazing story. With all that said, he has an amazing story. Now, on to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but uh, here we go. That's definitely correct. Give me a <coughs> quick mic check. Check one, two. You got good levels. All right. Great. All right. We're good. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's get into the podcast. Let's do it. All right. So this one, I actually, this is the, my first themed one. Okay. I, I've just been like, how do you build a business? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. But this one, it's basically uh, the theme of our podcast is how to connect to your customer <coughs> in real life. Okay. I because, like that. Yeah. Because uh, at the end of the day, especially when you deal with food, you totally have to get the dollars in the door. Yeah. And it's hard to phone it in on Instagram. People can like your taco-covered pizza all day, but if they don't come in and buy it, what are you doing? You're wasting money and yeah. food. So uh, this is a uh, – I'm going to tell a story about uh, the Jersey City Tech Meetup that you hosted here. Yes. Uh, two weeks ago? It was about two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was a very good uh, vibe. I learned a lot. There was a lot of good guests. Uh, one of them was the guys from the Antique Bar and Bakery. Love they, those dudes. I think they're like seasoned vets. They're the that, they're that's the best restaurant in New Jersey, yeah. and and probably in like you know the whole area. Yeah, like I, it could take down just about anything in New York. Yeah, totally. And I think the 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 one thing they filled the gap, the void was there's like that area like it, it outpaces or you you actually uh, lose you know, money. People, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is simple. It's hard to keep a business there with the high rent. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you have to really connect to your customer to get them in the door to pay for the hiring. Absolutely. The Absolutely. So you have to do that by keeping your food on point, uh, your ambiance. You have to make it that place that everyone wants to go to, like that buzz. And that's where, like, uh, I liked how they talked about they took a month off from social. And I thought, well, how, how often fucking genius is that? And just focus on your customer and get the people in the door. So that's basically why I was like, that's why I want to do a podcast about the first social media network, which is your neighborhood being live. Your peeps, man. Yeah, totally, right? And how do you connect? And I thought of you, especially since we were talking, you're like, when are you going to be on the podcast? I'm like, you're the perfect person because you connect to your community and the Journal Square area, which is totally changing even such more. So Tell me, how do you keep connected? First of all, introduce yourself for everyone. Okay, uh, my name is David Trotta. I am the founder and one of the chefs over at Wealth. Um, we have a we're a catering we're a hospitality company. Um, okay. We have a catering company, um, a big cafe. Well, a cafe downstairs uh, mm -hmm. in this building in Journal Square. Uh, it's about thirty seats. We do breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then uh, we do a little bit of start doing a little bit of consulting and helping people open cafes of their own and kind of you know standardizing what we do and passing that along. That's cool. See, I didn't know that that you've actually went into the consulting business of yeah. cafes. What um? So I have a couple food clients in the Heights, and they're old brands, and they they've had the run of the Heights forever. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So basically, they um. They're kind of like a little sticker shock because the Heights is so cool and trendy. 
And they have other restaurants coming that have, have different menus. They're leaner menus. They change them rapidly. And they're a little like, oh my God, how do we stay relevant? And a lot of their customer base is either can't afford the rent and they're moving away, or they're aging out. And that's a nice way of saying, like passing away or going yeah. to retirement villages. So how do you, as a business, keep your, you know, your menu fresh and keeping people coming in the door? How do you apply you just, that? Like, you listen to people. Okay. You know? Um, it's like when I, when we, oh, so we, we've had two retail spaces. We opened the Harbor side about okay. like two years ago. We closed that down. It was like a really awesome pop-up. It's where we figured everything out. It was right. a big kick in the face as far as like a business goes. Okay. Um, learned a lot of like rough lessons down there. Okay. Um, and you know, the, the biggest, the biggest thing of like, you know, you, you need to balance listening to your, like to your clients okay. and your people that are coming in. Uh, but at the exact same time, uh, you know, knowing when they don't know and, you know, you're st still running a business and have right. to do certain things. So when we open the harbor side, and the reason I bring the store up is, uh, you know, is in, if you've ever been to the harbor side, it's like this, like, really weird dirt mall. You know, it's like. <laughs> I love that dirt mall. Like, it's what it is. No, it's, it's like true, though. And listen, God bless. Hopefully, Matt Callie turns it around. There are some yeah. cool things there. Yeah. There's, you know, the piggyback. Leah Cohen's doing some awesome yeah, stuff. Yeah, I kind of enjoy her. <clears throat> I haven't seen the food court in a really long time, so I'm not sure what's going on there. It was always a little bit weird and, like, hodgepodgey, but Mob yeah. Cup's down there. Those guys are doing some cool stuff. Yeah. They're actually getting um, a real booth. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, listen, um. The Mod Cup team driving a fucking old espresso truck in there. Like, that's cool. That yeah. made sense. But, yeah. you know, our space, when we opened it up, I thought, okay, busy commuters, people want to, like, move quickly. They're right. going to want, like, grab and go, package yeah. food. Like, mm -hmm. they're just going to grab something and, like, move. And how can I get these people in and out as quickly as possible? Right. Um, and what I found out is, like, people actually, like, fucking hate going to work. And they want to avoid, yeah, I mean, no, think about that. Like, shocker. oh, I'm going to work in the back-end IT department of some, like, fucking bank. Like, I yeah. definitely want to, like, yeah. I definitely want you to take a long time with my food yeah. so I can blame my long break on, like, the cafe and the line or whatever Yeah, I love that. That's yeah, true. so, you know, very quickly... After uh, offending all Asian people for uh, packaging rice and have serving cold rice and, you know, people just wanting more than what we were offering, it, yeah. it became very apparent that our menu, our very small focused menu of, you know, eight to 12 items that was all packaged and like ready to go and a couple of sandwiches that we made to order mm -hmm. wasn't going to cut it. People wanted to customize and it, it just, it didn't make sense to people at all. Okay. So it's, you know, it's about, okay, this isn't working. You know, people are asking, you know, oh, do you have this? Do you have that? And it's like, okay, well, now we have this and that. Oh, do you have breakfast sandwiches? Like, yes, we will. Let me go buy um, like a really janky, you know, griddle from Target and we'll start breakfast sandwiches. And then when they're like, hey, your breakfast sandwiches are taking too goddamn long. It's yeah. like, okay, maybe we should go buy a real griddle. Or yeah. actually I bought a second shitty Target griddle. Okay. And then I bought a real griddle. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of information that just comes in from the people. Listen, they've walked into your store. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 they want to be there. They're excited for you. Right. And typically, you know, if you just listen to what they're saying, yeah, it'll go a really long way. They'll tell you. Now, yeah. some of those old places, like, you know, if you're like some old P 
pizza spot. Like mm. how much information are people really going to give to you? But it, it's there. Listen, we're never going to serve fucking acai bowls at wealth, but yeah. like, that's just, not, it's just not what we do. It's right. just like, we're not like, right. I, I get that the name wealth, like you think like you're probably going to get an acai bowl, but it's just, it just doesn't vibe with me. It's not my, it's not my thing. Is there a direct correlation between your name and acai bowls? I never had one. I hear about it and I, I'm kind of like a resistor. Like I don't want to eat the next food trend. Yeah, you know what? Um, the like it's so at the end of the day, there's a couple things on the menu that I would wish like we didn't like we didn't have. You know, at the end of the day, like three to five years from now, when it's like this true vision of what I see for the company, okay. Like I'd love to be able to actually grow everything on a farm upstate, or be able to actually really source everything from yeah. this area. You know, um, you know, even putting even like almond milk and coconut milk and all that stuff. To me, it's like it it. Like, it's what the people want. Yeah. But it's, it's like, to me, I'm like, fuck, I wish we, like, we used to make a sunflower milk. Okay. Which was cool, because I was like, oh, we could, like, someday grow sunflower. Like, the, all of yeah. that's connected. But, you know, we also used to serve, like, $8, like, a pound fucking chicken that you would serve it per se. And, yeah. you know, I was spending, like, my payroll on chicken that I could get from Goffel Farms, which, when you're running a quick service cafe, yeah, like, people just want... A, a certain level of quality mm -hmm. you know it's mm -hmm. you still need to hold true to your ethics but i don't need to like tank my company because right. i'm selling chicken that you know thomas keller is going to serve right i got you hey just a uh, quick podcasting uh don't try not to bang too much because oh yeah it, it i'm reverberates. sorry and uh i'm gonna make a I'm italian we, we speak with our hands and we we bang things no I, but i love that <laughs> And uh, if I do a hand gesture like that, it means come back to the mic. Okay. I'm going to make a quick adjustment here because this room is so vast. Hang on. All right. I want you to speak. Hello. Oh. Check one, two. Okay. So I'm going to cut it back. Check one, two. You're doing good. I'm going to change. <coughs> Hope you guys are enjoying this. Walter, shouldn't you be working, man? What are you doing watching this podcast? So, so for people that can't see what you're doing, he's got his phone. On, it's an Instagram live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's doing Instagram live. And that's like, this is the anti-technology social media, but we're totally blowing it with technology. Yeah. I mean, you need, you need to like, you need to use technology, right. you know? So like to, to close the loop. Yeah. You need to listen to what people say, but you also need to balance your, it's, it's, a, it's a balance between, you know, your vision, right. Business ethics. Okay. Um, actual like business, like principles sometimes. Right. You know, you can't, to everybody, okay, not everybody, but a lot of people, they go into the food and they want to save the world, but they fucking closed in like three months. Yeah, okay. You need to build a real company before you can go save the world. Do you know what to help that's you right. save the world? Build a fucking real company. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that's like, that's, I think that's kind of the conundrum that I got caught in. I was mentioning like the chicken we used to serve. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, if I still serve that chicken, I would, like, we wouldn't have a company. I use a great farm that's well respected, Goffle Farms. Yeah. Love those guys. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a 25, 30 minute drive from here. Okay. You know, they have wonderful practices, but it's not what I used to use, but, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in business. And that was a, that was a really hard pill to swallow because at the end of the day, yeah. I was really worried about what people were thinking about. So anyway, you know, that you got to balance business ethics with actual business. Yeah. Um, but you do need to use technology, but you can't be like just ruled by technology. Like yeah. if you're just posting and not interacting with people, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you know, actually connecting with people, listening to them and, yeah. and you know, satiating their needs. Yeah, it, totally. It goes a really, really long way. Yeah. I've seen that time and time again. Like a lot of the brands that I work with, and I hate 
some words like brand and value, <clears throat> I wish we could throw them out, but they are real terms. Uh, so that's a disclaimer. But some of the uh, restaurants I work with, totally, it, they're a staple of the neighborhood, and they see like there's a pizzeria and there's a restaurant side, both of them. And so they're like, okay, the pizzeria is doing amazing because we are that show that people, we make the pizza, people can interact with us. But the restaurant side, they kind of like think of it as a second thought. And it's like now, now there's not enough people coming in the door and they're like, do you keep it open? Do you blow it out? What, you know, what do you do? How do you revamp it? And that's where a lot of them are asking questions like, how do we connect to the customers that are moving to the Heights? And how do you reach them? And I think word of mouth is still the best. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it is. I, but I, I also think, you know, with social media, it's about storytelling. Yeah, definitely. You know, like the people that used to come to the restaurant knew the story. They grew up with the restaurant. That's they the like, truth. it's like, if, if I don't know, you know, Gino from the fucking pizza place yeah. who runs the restaurant right. and it's just, you know, the place that I go in and out and I don't even interact with the owner or know his family. Yeah. I'm less likely to come in there. That's I don't true. know if I don't know the why behind what they're doing and their story. Like I'm, I'm not going to come in. Yeah. But if I know this, oh my god, this guy's been there 30 years, and yeah, this is how they started, and like, oh, this is like the one really cool thing that they do that I got to go check it out, and that's where social media comes into play for right. actually being able to tell the story. That's true. I think though, if you uh, if you don't connect to the customer or revamp your product a lot of a lot of the restaurants i deal with they have the same stagnant menu and why do you want to come back it's the same vodka cream sauce it's the same this it's the same that so how do you keep your menu fresh without blowing out all your food costs um you know like we have a staple menu that's like kind of hardcore that's just like we figured it out down at the harbor side before we left there okay that, i mean that was if anything i, I say the harbor side store for us was a very expensive R&D project. Okay. You know, we, cool. we, we flushed out the concept when we opened up here on Journal Square. Okay. Um, it was like we just we just opened. Yeah. It was simple because um, we knew exactly what we were doing. We knew what people wanted for the most part. Okay. Um, and there's still things that people want. But like, you know, we do specials every day. And like at the end of the day, like like for the most part, other than like, you know, oh, do you have this nut milk or do you have this drink? Like mm. people are coming in to see what we do. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we have a special every single day. That's cool. Um, which always changes. So when someone kind of asks for something, you know, we put it on special. If I hear, if I hear people asking for things multiple times, like right. a lot, mm -hmm. then it probably like will wind up on the menu. Okay. Um, do you actually like, listen to your customers when they give you feedback? We do. We yeah. do. I mean, <clears throat> okay, I'll give you a great example. Um, okay. This guy comes in and um what the hell is his name because i want to call him a dick um paul phil 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 was a total dick phil comes in all right but phil was right yeah. but he just went about it like the total wrong way okay um he shit all over like our bacon tomato grilled cheese now i had like for a year and a half i've been serving this sandwich and people were like they, they it's it's a fucking grilled cheese man like right. it's not that hard to get right right um but at the end of the day he was like you know he sent me the first off he walks out he's like he eats a sandwich i asked him if everything was all right he told me fine that yeah. sounds like a good first date you know so yeah. like you already know like something's a little weird his vibe was off yeah so we we, we have a, a very <clears throat> excuse me mm -hmm. we have a really important way 
that we deal with customer service. Okay. Um, I like to kind of say it's like high touch, fast, casual. Okay. So like you're going to get that fine dining element of like your food's in front of you, right. two bites in, I'm going to check in on you. I'm going to make sure you're liking it. Yeah. But then we go like all the way over the top with the grandma's kitchen and we just want to make sure you're happy. Right. Like if you, if you don't like your food at a fine dining restaurant, they're like, fuck you. Like we, you know, yeah. we, like this is what we do. But like, if you don't like your sandwich, like, I don't know, maybe fucking order the wrong sandwich. Like right. I don't want you to leave pissed off. So right. I'll make you something different. So, mm. you know, Phil comes in, he eats his bacon tomato. He says it's like a little, like you could tell he's like not super happy with it, right. but his vibe is weird when Phil walks in anyway. He's like, where's the meat? You know, I'm like, yeah, like, fucking like relax bro right. like why don't you look at the menu why don't we pump the brakes a little bit yeah but like hey yeah no problem blah, blah. um so points out that he gets a bacon tomato grilled cheese now phil had a wealth bowl phil would have been super pumped he yeah. would have seen the value yeah. um but on his way out he goes how the fuck do you charge me 13 dollars for what you just charged me and i was like first off your check was 1275 right you got a four dollar drink your sandwich was nine dollars right. like the food cost on all this stuff he, well i'm in the business and da, 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 da. they're all in the business yeah it's well you know at the end of the day this dude's in the business but then you know like this shit like it kills me yeah so like i go on break I like I Google I like I go in the back end I go on Square I find his name yeah. I look him up on LinkedIn I send him two emails on LinkedIn because there's two of this guy I like send him both emails but with that I get an email to my like to like to wealth and it says you know hey like you know for such a nice place you should really have you should really have like a more consistent quality like the you know the bacon tomato grilled cheese it wasn't crunchy it um you know the mm. the tomatoes were sticking out the side and you know what that's how we fucking do it man but, the tomatoes yeah. like the tomatoes were sticking out the side he's like they weren't cut on a bias cut spelled wrong but then at the end of this whole like bullshit thing like there's not cheese on both sides it wasn't melted all the way through yeah listen at the end of the day we switched how we placed the bacon on it and I added an extra slice of cheese and okay. the rest of it, he can go fuck himself because like we like we're, a, it's like, it's a fucking cafe, bro. Yeah. And we don't have a hood. Right. So I said, I, I emailed him back and I said, Oh, but at the end of the day, he said, you know, I do a lot of consulting on the side. If you'd like, I'd be happy to consult oh. you. I'm like, so the, I refunded his order. Yeah. And when he emailed me, he said, thank you for refunding my order. Right, right. Um, you deserve more quality and consistency. So all of this was just some bullshit fuck you thing to say, hey, why don't you let me use you as a consultant? But right. as pissed as I was, yeah. as annoyed as I was, yeah. I went back to the sandwich. Yep. And after a day, I really thought about it. And I said, you know what? Yeah. Let's add another slice of cheese. Okay. How can we rework this sandwich right. to make it better? You All know right. what? Like, it was crispy. He can screw himself on that. Like, yeah. I like the tomato sticking out the side. It just feels like a little extra That's a overloaded. To me. Yeah, like, relax. And, yeah. you know, the, the other side of it is we're a cafe. Yeah. I have a flat top griddle. Mm -hmm. I don't have a hood system. Right. I have a special or like uh, <clears throat> uh, operating procedure that's like, approved by the fire department okay. that I can use this griddle okay. below the smoke point of the oil. So it's not going to like crisp it up the way it is. Right. And you know, the other 60,000 people that have come through the cafe, mm -hmm. no one's complained about like about the bacon tomato. So, yeah. you know, even in times and where I'm going with this is 
even when, like, you can see how fired up. I just went on a five-minute, yeah. like, rant about no, this that's guy. That's what I love about you. You're passionate. Yeah, even even with this guy pissing me off, right, there's right. information in there to dissect. Yeah, to pull out. Yeah. yeah, and, like, you know, put your ego aside. Yep. And, like, what could you really fix about this thing? Yeah. Phil, still fuck you, like, for sending me a consulting thing. And I hope mm-hmm. you hear this. But I'll make sure he hears it. Yeah. I'll send it right to his LinkedIn. Well, you know, but the best is I called him. Yeah. And then I called him and I was like, hey, Phil, it's Dave from Wealth. I was like, how about you pop in for a fucking grilled cheese, man? We fixed the sandwich. And like I email him, like, stop back in, bro. Right, Come right. see me. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, there is even usually, for the most part, if there's some, you know, critique about the technique or something, yeah. Um, there is usually, I usually know when I'm going to get a bad review about something. Yeah, you got to Because there's yeah. just one little miss that you might, like, like when you're questioning something that you're putting out, yeah. as you're putting it out, you're like, oh, maybe I should. Yeah, maybe you should. Yeah. Maybe you should not put it out. Maybe you should heat it up a little more. Maybe you should do this, that. But for the most part, yeah. well, I mean, fucking knock on wood, we don't get too many bad good. reviews because we fix them before they leave the cafe. Yeah, no, you actually do some uh, food analyzing and analytical and say, okay, maybe this person does have a valid point, so let's retool it, check and it out. I, we train on, like, if they say their food is fine, yeah. you need to dig deeper. Right. Because fine is a shitty first date. Okay. Like the way you use the word first date. <laughs> that's it. Like, you know, you're yeah. like, oh, how was your date? And they're like, oh, I was fine. You're like, oh, they're not going that's out bad. again. Yeah, There's it's no like, it's date. terrible. So it's like, oh, are you sure? Like, because you know what? Like, you ordered a half hour ago. You've been sitting with the sandwich and you haven't eaten it. Like, yeah. I don't want you, like, you just spent money. You know what sucks? When you leave and you say the food sucked, you know, or yeah. I can actually turn a mistake into a great customer service experience and make you leave really happy and respecting the brand. Yeah. No, that's true. See, and I think a lot of restaurants that have been in business for a lot of years forget that they need to retool or rethink their menu. Yeah. And I think that's where now, you know, hey, we don't have the the dollars coming in the door. Should we rethink our menu slightly or like refresh it? Listen, it's not the 90s. You know, you can't just buy frozen boxed shit and fucking fry it and send it out, man. Like, it it doesn't work anymore. Sorry, Cisco. Like, it's just not, it's not... Or, or rest, uh, what's the uh, place that everyone goes, um, the restaurant um, grocery store in Chicago's? Restaurant Depot. Yeah, Restaurant Depot. Yeah, you can't just load up your fucking minivan no. to Restaurant Depot and resell, like, the same crap food they're eating. Yeah. Like, you need to, like, if... If your restaurant's tired mm-hmm. and it's sleepy, yep. you need to think about the love that you're putting into it because that's what people respond to. All yeah. these new restaurants that are opening up nowadays, yeah. it's it's about the love that they're putting into it. That's the truth. You know? And, and not, not just love, but that <clears throat> you can feel the passion they have for cooking or for a, a community. If you've already been in the community for a long time, maybe you've lost that passionate about your community because yeah. you're there. A lot of the people that I work for don't even live in their neighborhood like they like their restaurant they they live in the basement of the office and they don't get out they don't even know who who their neighbors are anymore yeah maybe you should sell your business maybe you should fucking close it like maybe you should just be a pizza place and maybe you should rent out the restaurant to someone else yeah or maybe you should hire someone to do it and run a business not have a job right like Or, or be passionate and get out and find out who your neighbors are yeah yeah there's, um, Listen, if I worked for 30 years in yeah. the same spot and didn't have a fucking day off, I would hate my job too. Yeah, totally, totally. There, there was a <laughs> restaurant I worked for. Uh, they've been open since 1939 in the same location. Amazing. Yeah. But they're on the downward spiral of they don't care. The founders have passed away. There's, there's one 
the founders. Are we allowed to kids. say who it is? Yeah, okay. I, I don't mind. I'll drop the bomb. Yes. It's uh, the Coach House yes. Diner in North Bergen. They, the, the story. I would that, pay good money for that grilled cheese. See? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So the, the, they've <clears throat> lost. The, the founders have passed away, and the owner's wives have taken over, and they don't care. They're bean counters from Wall Street. So they don't know their neighbors. They get bad reviews, and they just totally, like, they shit all over the people that feed them, that pay them the dollars to keep the doors open. And yeah. that's where, that's where, like, I knew that uh, I had to leave that job. It was a perma freelance for three years, and I'm like, I, th- I hate them. I, I don't, it's not even my business, and I want to make it better than they do. So that's why I left. But that's where, like, a lot of restaurants, when you've been in business, they lose the founder's mentality of why you got there. Like there is, I mean, <clears throat> there's a, there's a company and I can't mention it cause I don't want to throw one of my regulars under the bus. I gotcha. Uh, great, <clears throat> great vegan spot that's blowing up in New York that probably has a few locations now okay. that ousted their founder and is run by a hospitality company. I'm sure most vegan people can figure out who that is. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, one of the, uh, one of the food directors comes in all the time and you know, it's not just him, it's other people. They talk about, you know, it's, it's this startup mentality of like, you know, the food, it's for the gram. And like, it's not about the food and the people. It's about like, what's going to get the most likes on yeah. Instagram. And that's going to like translate to selling the most food. But like, that's the shit that when you turn back in 10 years is not going to fucking be nope. here. No, definitely not. You know, so it's, it's, it, you like the, the other thing that you have to think about with having a food retail space is like, are you building a company? Yeah. Or are you just like, cooking food that you like to cook yeah yeah totally and if you're just if you're not building a company and if you're not coming at it from a business angle yeah you're 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 gonna you're not gonna be around in 10 years yeah especially with the way the world's changing i i think a good example of what you just said would be uh the cupcake boss uh in hoboken uh, oh the cake boss cake boss yeah that's him the cake boss he his uh, family had the business it's awesome they have a tv show the tv show's I don't think it's around anymore. And now he's pulling back all the leases from his expansion. So I think he has to either retool and figure out, you know, what made him awesome in the neighborhood and continue, or he's going to dry up, I think. Yeah. I mean, well, what, and, and what, what do you, what's fueling your expansion? Right. Like if you're not sitting and doing some serious, like self work, yeah. is your ego fueling your expansion yeah, or totally. is like an actual business principle fueling your expansion? That's the truth. And I think a lot, I think those are great takeaways. A lot of people that I talk to, especially in the startup food world, they're like, we're a startup and this and that. And then they always kind of neglect to look at the people that have been in business for 40 years to see, you know, like, hey, they're doing this, they've done it. And now they're kind of like, okay, how do we not become like them? But how do we get to where they are? Which is beyond startup. I mean, at the end of the day, if I didn't build a catering company, Wealth would have been closed fucking years ago. Yeah, I got you. Would have been closed three months after we opened. Yeah. But we decided to build a business, you know? And yeah. there, there's things that, like, when I first started doing catering and events, like, I wouldn't say the word catering. I was like, oh, we do events. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we do, like, we do, you know, and... and yeah. At the end of the day, fucking call me. You want me to do your son's first birthday party? You That's want me to do truth. a fucking baby shower? Right. Bring me the money because right, right. I'm running a business. That's right. A sale. That's the real thing. Yeah. The money in the door. Yeah. Now, I can mold it to like our ethics of what we do and sure. the kind of food that we like to make. 
But yo, if you want to have, like, if the Vantage downtown wants to have a St. Patty's Day fucking party and wants six trays of food for $500, yeah, man, we're going to make corned beef and we're going to make fucking, you know, steamed cabbage and, like, whatever they want. And we did. And, like, but if you asked me that five years ago when we started and, I like, especially when I was at the harbor side, my company was super ego-driven. Yeah. Um, And it was about, you know... Let's open more places. Some of my early mentors were all like they're old tech people. They were yeah. old startup people. And it was like, you need to like raise a million dollars and like lock down four spaces in Jersey City and cover the market. And I was like, no, that's like, that's like, that's, that's, like, that's not what I need to do. What right. I need to do is like be happy. And like, you know, when yeah. my son is born, yeah. fucking be there for him and have a life. And then I might have a chance of actually like being in business for, you know, more than five years for being in business for when this, whatever this redevelopment plan is that's happening in Jersey City in yeah. Journal Square. Yeah. I'd really like to still be here in 2060 to see that with my company. Yeah, I got you. Like the long haul. I think people say the long haul, but they don't realize the work it takes to get there from here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of the bigger, older brands, they have been through thick and thin. And that's why I think they have a lot of good uh, things to input to younger brands. But I don't see a whole lot. I mean, other than the antique uh, bar and bakery guys at the last event. Oh, sorry. Hang on. Give me a second. Uh, hang on. You know, quick, pause, quick pause. Quick pause. And you guys, you guys can catch the rest of this interview uh when we go uh when um william posted on his page and i will post the link i hope you guys enjoyed hanging out with us i love you all have an awesome sunday and i hope i didn't curse too much and dina i fucking love you because you know i'm glad you love that grilled cheese yeah no, that's awesome uh, the best part about this is i'm going to keep it pretty raw so we'll uh keep a lot of this even when you're talking to your people on cool. the camera, if, if the alarm that went off, I'm doing a, uh, a video recording and my Canon 6D Mark II, which I love, only co- records at 30 minute clips. So that was me resetting the record. Okay. What is that weird noise? You hear it? That's the path train. Oh, all right. So let's paint a picture of your neighborhood because since we are talking about the neighborhood, you're in, I, I call this the Felsa Doom building from Conan the Bar, because you could always see okay. it wherever you go in Jersey City. But what's the name of the building? This is Journal Squared. Okay. And this is one of three? One of three uh, planned towers. The second tower is going up. The third one will probably go up pretty quickly after that. Okay. So with over, over the next eight years, there should back be, to the mic uh, the, over the next eight years, there should be three towers in this area. We're okay. the first retail space. All right opened in the in, in, in the community oh, well in in the building okay um you have the path train downstairs basically? we're right on top of journal square yeah. uh we're on the back end of journal square on yeah. the corner of uh summit and uh pavonia okay streets uh, like there's a little cut through to go from pavonia to magnolia and duck right down into the path yeah. which is where you pass our cafe okay uh, our cafe is definitely in a bit of a construction hole right now but eventually you'll be able to see it yeah. from uh pavonia when you're walking by it'll, it'll make a lot more sense when the second building is opened that's cool tell me about the community that you've moved to what like who's here like i mean i've I, so all right i was born in jersey city okay. left when i was three okay um grew up down in point pleasant so you know mm-hmm. a lot of my like 
the North Jersey like hair gel, like you know, super bro shit. Like didn't <laughs> it got 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 milded out by growing up at the beach and nothing wrong with you know no, flip cool. cup in Hoboken, but not really you know where I landed. And mm-hmm. I moved back about twelve years ago, okay. um, and I've been in this neighborhood since I've moved back. I lived on Magnolia Avenue. Okay. In fact, when you know I got first heard about the space downstairs. Hang on um, for a second. Yeah. All right, give me a second here. Sorry, there was a little hiss. Go ahead, continue. Um, in fact, when I first moved to the space downstairs, uh, heard about the space downstairs, uh, the architect had given a talk on the future of food, which Lord only knows why I was giving that talk five years ago. Right. Um, he's like, "Hey, you want to open a cafe in Journal Square? Do you know this building, Journal Square?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm, I live on Magnolia Avenue. I yeah. like passed it on my way into the right. city today." He goes, "I have a space for you." So the, the neighborhood. Um, it's changing, you yeah. know, it's very, it's different. It's very different from when I moved in. Um, you know, and you can just see rents, you know, rents kind of like slowly starting to creep up lots of different people. When I first moved here, it was like Italian, Hispanic and Asian community. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a few more, uh, interesting characters running around the neighborhood, a few less of those, but definitely still a few interesting characters running around uh, but there was this very deep-rooted community that had been here kind of before the fall of journal square and like yeah. the area you know my mom talks about journal square and i say this a lot when i'm interviewed um you know she grew up on stevens in greenville my dad's from a part of wayne street that doesn't exist anymore where okay. the high school is all right um and when they grew up here you know my mom says you went you didn't go to new york you went to the square like, yeah. this was the area. This yeah. is what it was. Um, and so there's a lot, there's this deep-rooted community. Uh, when I think about moving back to the area, I think about my first friend. Um, okay. St- like, an old Egyptian guy, Sam, from Maggie's Deli, the Kyrie family. Okay. Great people. They're, um, they're, they're so Sam and Maggie's Deli, um, his wife, uh, Mary Kyrie, her family is the people that own Potowitz on Central Avenue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is like this old, these old Jersey City families. Yeah. Like, I remember my battery dying in my car and being like, fuck. Like, mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. Like, my brother had moved to, like, Montclair. Right. And I, I didn't know anyone. I had no friends in Jersey City. And right. I was like, I was alone. And I didn't know, like, I didn't know what to do. Okay. So I went to Maggie's. And I'm like, Sam, like... Like, what do I do? Like, okay. like, can you, can you jump my car? And, oh, Dave, let me help you. Uh, yeah. And he, you know, he had like, you know, the fuck of, you know, you could walk out back. He's got a shed full of shit and he's got like, you know, the car jump starter kit. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure he'd done that for like everybody in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. You know, and that was, that was like, that was how I kind of came into the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, you know, but that, that's slowly changing. Maggie's is closed. You know, oh, when did it close? I mean, listen, Sam had been literally like worked seven days a week. It closed about a year ago. Yeah. Um, you know, we had actually moved in there for a little bit. Wasn't the right space for us to okay. kind of take over. Probably a little bit, a little bit too big for us. Again, a little bit of my ego still running the company. Like we need this kitchen space and then we yeah. need this. Um, you know, when really like we just need to like condense our operations and do everything downstairs. Yeah. Maggie's closed about a year ago. Look forward to something cool going in there. Cool. Um, you know, but their family still is in like this neighborhood. They all like live house next to each other, next to house next to each other. You know, Sam and Mary live above old Maggie's. They're probably going to rent it out or re- renovate it or That's do cool. something. Um, but there's this deep seated old school community. Mm-hmm. Then there's these people that like kind of moved in in the late 90s, early 2000s and bought property when you could still kind of afford it. Right. And then you have people that 
have just moved here over the past few years. And, you know, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely an interesting, there's an interesting tension because yeah. a lot of the old timers want to see the neighborhood become, you know, what it used to be. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of developers were on the 53rd floor of a giant high rise yeah. um, in the middle of Journal Square. So this is the tallest building in Jersey City. This is not the tallest. Uh, we're going to look at the tallest, but it's probably the highest building in Jersey City just because we're up on top of the hill. That's true. Um, but I believe uh, 99 Hudson will be the highest. It's a 79 story tower. Wow. The next tower going next to us will be 72 stories. It's pretty tall. Um, it's pretty damn tall. It's a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but there, there's, I think overall from what I can hear from the neighborhood is neighborhoods happy for development to be in and around the square. Um, okay. And they're just concerned about what development means as it spreads out across the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, and you know, our councilman um, does a lot of work to just make sure the right things are happening. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of questions about that. I, and, and, and I don't know what the right answer is to any of that stuff. Right. Um, you know, I know that parking has been really shitty since before this tower was here. Ooh. So it's like parking is like a black eye on Jersey city, a whole, because the Heights people are like, there's no parking. There's no parking here. There's no parking downtown. And no one wants to come up with a real solution. And I think when they figure that out, then I think people will breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, we have, there's an eight story parking garage here. Every building that they're building has like an eight story parking garage, at least in this development. So I know they're doing the, at least they're doing what they're supposed to be doing as far as like a developer goes. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not sure how that like, you know, regardless of what parking is built, right. The community sees a 72 story tower go up. They, you know, they're like, well, what are we doing? You know, yeah. what are we doing to fix the infrastructure of all of that? And yeah. so it's, you know, the community board is exciting, excited about development, excited to see things like, yeah. you know, become what they used to be. Right. Um, but on the other end of it, you know, there's people that are like, hey, um, all the property has been bought around my, m- m- me and my friends, three houses. Yeah. And there's two skyscrapers about to go up on either side of me. Yeah. And we have a three story house. Like, could we be a little bit thoughtful and maybe not give them these air rights to, you know, have uh, a Lock 14 story? Yeah, to have yeah. a 14 story tower. Maybe could it just be an eight story tower? Right. Um, so there's a, there's a lot. I hear a lot at the cafe. People definitely get on the microphone at the cafe, and and um, you know I like to give. I like to hear about it. I like right. to I like to know what's going on. There's not much that I can do about it right now, other than just you know, talk about it. Cause anybody that's coming to the, the cafe and talking about it has definitely gone to a community meeting to talk about it. Yeah. All that I can say mm. is that this developer here, uh, KRE is a great, they're a great group of people. Right, right. So this property is owned by Murray Kushner, um, who's the owner and okay. then Jonathan Kushner, who's the president. And these dudes, they're great people. Right. When they approached me about the space, um, you know, it was, a three year wait period until it opened. Wow. And it was, Hey Dave, like, like we're going to give you a lot of catering work with our company. We're going to try to figure out how to do amenity programming and we're going to let you spearhead that. And we're going to make sure your company's healthy while you're waiting for this building to open up. 
hey, Dave, yeah. like, we know you're in a construction hole. Let's renegotiate your lease because we just blacked out your windows and we just put scaffolding over you. Yeah. And we know that your foot traffic is a lot lower than we thought. It sounds How like can really we care. help you? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dave, like, you know, we want you to be in the building. We want you to be the one that talks with the community. We right. want you to be the one that, like, you, you kind of have a pulse on things. Right. How can, how can we do more with the community? How can we, you know, like, help more? Right, um, right. And at the end of the day, without them and without how great of people they are, right. um, outside of, like, running a catering company to really help, like, the cafe stay afloat, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we, we, would, we would be shut down. You bring a unique experience to this town, this, this little village, which is not that little. It's really a, a pretty, you know, it's a, almost a micro city within the city. What would you like to see happen for you in this town and the town itself, General Square? Um, okay, so, you know, we've recently kind of refocused at the cafe, okay. um, become more of a chef-driven company. Okay. Um, and what I would like to see us do is, you know, express the city and its diversity through food. That's my goal. You know, that's what the team downstairs is really excited about. Um, and I would like for us to be a place where, you know, great hospitality people, chefs, servers, uh, you know, baristas mm -hmm. come learn like take something, take us to the next level and then move on and do their own thing or stay and become a more integrated part of the company. That's it. Like I want us to be a hub for where great people come to learn, yeah. where we can also learn from them and we can grow. Yeah. I think that's infectious where you get young people or people in general that want to learn and they want to grow within an organization. And if you can teach that, you can feed that. And you'll, it kind of like makes you younger always. Yeah. I mean, listen, everybody, everybody wants to hold on to people so much. Yeah. It's like, Oh, how do you get to stick? What do you mean you're leaving? Like, you're going to go do your own thing. Like, dude, that's like the greatest, like the greatest compliment. If it I totally can is, yeah. build you up to a place where you're going to move on yeah. and go do your own thing, then I've done my job well. That's awesome. We're going to end it there. I want to thank you for joining the Bavuster family. Dude, my pleasure, man. Uh, I love you too much because uh, side note, just real tail ending, we did an event together and you saw in my eyes that I didn't know what I was doing and you called me out. You're like, you don't know what you're fuck up to. <laughs> I mean, because I probably didn't know what the fuck I was doing at no. the same time as well. <laughs> you were, Believe me. The thing is, you're like one of the best speakers and uh, if I ever get my own Netflix show, you're going to be on it. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. So we're out. People be good. And until next time, we'll see you.